Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 147th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, the Sansa Stark to my Arya Stark, Salim Abraham, who can be found at Salim TD. How you doing today, you uh, sexy red-headed vixen? Hey, uh, I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm, I'm Sansa Stark. I like that. I, I like that. Sansa, you know, Sansa really grew on me in that last season. Yeah, she she's had a pretty good arc. Like when, when she first was presented to us in the shows, she was a bit of a pain in the ass, but she's really grown and evolved and is, you know, cunning and playing the game and headstrong now and leading with her head and her heart and making the right choices. And I feel that's you. Oh, th- thanks, mate. I <laughs> bit of a pain in the ass at the start, but... Finally grown up a little bit, making some good choices, some sense of which I feel like that's me as well. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. mate. And also, Aya, mate, I've watched your fight scene with Brienne of Tarth maybe 60 times in the last <laughs> month leading up to tomorrow's release, you know, when this episode comes out, today's release of Game of Thrones, um, the final season at one. You kick ass. She, she's fantastic. I love her. Um, in, oh. I loved her in the books and I love what they've done with conveying her on the screen um, and a lot of character development with her as well. Obviously, she's probably gone through just about the, the most out of everybody and, and she, she's walked a pretty dark path, but she's, uh, you know, she's come home now. She's feeling good. She's still a badass. We're still ready to stab people at the drop of a hat, but uh, yeah, go Aya. I, I think she's going to have one of the best duels in, in the whole show, like, they must be gearing up for her to one-on-one someone. I just don't know who. I couldn't work out who. Like, who's her nemesis now? Well, remember she still said she's going to kill the Hound. Remember she's told him uh, that he's on the list. So maybe. I, f- I feel like he's off the list. I yeah. think he might be off the list. That list felt pretty final to me. You know, she, yeah. she, she's been repeating that list for years. So, old Houndy, I think uh, no more chicken for you, mate. <laughs> how are you? are you good yeah i'm good i'm good you know the the sun is shining the birds are singing um thrones returns tomorrow so uh yeah happy days yeah nice nice it's freezing here in sydney right now um i i might be coming down with the cold i've just purchased a brand new doona and doona protector very important i didn't have one as the the cold was coming in during the week so i was freezing at night i I found this new like hack though what i was doing was i'd put my sheet like i'd tuck my whole body under a sheet so it was kind of airtight and then i would (laughs) breathe like breathe out really pronounced like (sighs) (sighs) like so the hot air came out actually surprisingly effective ah so so you're making your own sort of bed oven you could say yeah, I'm cooking in that bitch. Wow. And I'm bare grills in, in the bedroom. The yeah, you oh, can yeah. sort of rapid, you know, rapid hook cook now. Like you could be 400 degrees C, you could be cooked in five minutes now with this doona coming. 
Oh, well done and tanned quite nicely. The mm. thing that doesn't work though was that I was hugging a pillow and I like, I don't know why I thought that this would do anything. You know, when you exchange body warmth, you know, you got someone lying next to you, you give them a hug, it's very warm. I thought my pillow could do that for me. It can't, it can't. Damn it. Yeah, it stays though. It doesn't leave in the middle of the night. That's always good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's That's half the battle, isn't it? That is half the battle. <laughs> mm. But speaking of battles, I see you finally uh, dove into Sekiro. Shadows died twice. Sekiro, yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my God, this game. So I've come out of playing Dark Souls 3 straight into this. Like nothing in between, no game in between, no time off in between. Dark Souls 3 is Sekiro. Um, it's... It's so good and it's very similar and yet there are so many differences in this game and I feel like I've almost I'm almost at a disadvantage having played Dark Souls 3 so close to it because I'm so used to the Dark Souls 3 um you know combat system and mechanics mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what man secure it's like Stockholm syndrome in a game it really is like you hate it and you hate it and you hate it and then it gives you a win and then all of a sudden, it's it's like it's my favorite game. Did you? I'm still quite early on, but did you? Um, you would have had to have fought the Shinobi Hunter with the spear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, I thought he was unbeatable. I thought the game was just throwing in an unbeatable character, and I must have died like ten or eleven times. I hated the path leading up to him from the shrine as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I somehow managed to get there. I like in the first time I knocked him down, like got one death blow on him. I killed him. I got the second and I was like jumping for joy. Um, So now I love the game because I killed that Shinobi Hunter. I really do like it though. Um, I, I love the art style. I love the, the universe that they've created, like that whole japanese you know cherry blossoms tall reeds that you're sort of traversing mm. through it's it's so it's it's a cool juxtaposition where it's you walk through like these nice serene peaceful environments and then you're spilling blood or getting you know one-shotted by some demigod motherfucker so yeah i like that sort of contrast in style i yeah i i do too i like that um the sort of mythological elements are sort of nonchalantly placed in there you know like i went in the start there's a bit where you have to obviously do go under the bridge the pathway under that that bridge yeah and there's that little like troll guy under yeah there. The, little, the little troll guy like if you just go actually in the under part of the, the bridge um there's a troll there and they, they don't introduce like that sort of um fantasy element in any way in the story or anything like that they just kind of throw this guy in there and you kill him and they don't nothing happens you know you get uh, you might get an, a reward but that's it i like I, I like the way that that's kind of thrown in there and that's sort mm. of sprinkled throughout the game um i i am really enjoying it some of the things i really enjoy about it one the grappling hook like i feel like i'm fucking spider-man with a samurai sword it's yeah. it's a that's lot a, of fun that's a perfect way to describe it actually it's it, it really is a lot of fun and i feel like the verticality really sets this game outside of the Soulsborne games um I, I find it almost a little bit overwhelming you know me i'm pretty shocking with directions remembering where i am <laughs> like if i don't have a map i'm i'm, I'm fucked yeah and which way is north which I way <laughs> we, we, up is, is my north that's the best i've got um and, and i did find it like a little bit jarring uh a little early on because um 
just before that shinobi hunter there's actually i think it might be a hidden path you can get to another area by going to the top of this really tall building then jumping off to a cliff and then following this like really out of the way path and it actually leads on to a boss fight um like this event where there's this big fat samurai raiding a village and then someone's there and you, you fight this guy together i still haven't beat that guy but i was really confused because i wasn't sure if i should be going for the shinobi hunter or that and that like that kind of took me out of it for a bit i felt very lost um so that's i think something i'm just slowly coming to terms with as i play this game more it kind of happened again like that first zone that you you go through i don't feel like i completed it and then suddenly i'm transported into that memory three years earlier and that's the next zone like i don't remember any boss fights or anything there's no sort of checkpoint to say you've completed this you can move on so i feel like i'm you know i might have missed something um, yeah, and and that's uh, that's I guess one of the you know it can be a pro and a con I think for for this you know from software archetype that they work off that where there isn't a compass saying go this way or yeah. here's the indicator of where the next objective is. It is very much choose your own adventure. You know, pick your poison as far as where you want to go and who you want to fight. So there is often things you miss, and and I'm the same. Yeah. Like I'll I'll go you know point A through to point C, but miss B. And know that there's probably some some enemies there or some some potential you know loot I could pick up, but yeah, it's it's just this game. Every step you take is measured. It feels like um, oh yeah the the hook obviously gives you so much more flexibility with traversal, but you know one wrong move and you're back at the previous shrine. You've you've lost your you've lost your XP and things like that. Mm. It's it's punishing and um. Yeah, it's been punishing me bad. Like I've yeah. I've only sort of dipped a toe here and there on it the past few weeks again. Like I haven't had a solid four, five, six hour session because I know I think I'd just blow my top and just be like, fuck this, yeah. I'm done and whatever else. So I've been just sort of sampling the game, you know, having an hour here or an hour and a half here. And then I'm like, yeah, that's enough for now. You know, I lost yeah, that battle. I'm done. That's kind of that's kind of um, where I am, I guess. Like a couple of hours here and there throughout the week, so I think I've probably got about five or six hours game time at the moment, maybe a little bit more. But um, but yeah, you're you're right. Like these games, you know, they they really are in in a genre of their own. Um, I, I I what I really liked about Dark Souls is that I mean you can go online and find walkthroughs, but I've found the game so much more enjoyable when I just talk about it with someone. And I get tips. I love mm. that. I love that. When someone's like, oh, for this guy, do this, that, put your shield up, dodge, you know, um, go down this path, this exists here, go there. Like, I really like that because that to me is a very lost part of gaming where if something's too hard, you just Google it, you look for the walkthrough. And these games are incredibly challenging, like to the point where no walkthrough will help you win. No. They'll give you tips, but they won't help you win. And I, but it just, it's like being able to converse with someone else about the hardships. Like, it's just such a, a again, a lost part of game. I really, I really love it. And I, I can't wait to speak to a lot more of my friends about Sekiro and how they're going and what's new with them. Just a couple of other, like, key things though about Sekiro that I really love. One, the stealth doesn't exist that much in Dark Souls. It exists a little bit, but you don't quite have the, the sort of, um, crouch hide mechanics the reeds the things that you can sort of ambush from the verticality yeah, yeah. again lets you escape combat pretty quickly um i, I really do enjoy that um it, it, it 
it, it makes me think about how I approach the area completely differently to if it was Dark Souls. Um, you know, I'm just looking for those backstab opportunities. And on combat, it took me a little while to come around to it, but I really enjoy the combat system. I like the posture breaking. I yeah. think that that's actually a lot of fun and it, it really plays into the fantasy of like the samurai showdown to me where it's like, it's, it is a duel and it, it's all about timing. Um, I, I love that. I think the jumping as well is something that really sets it outside of the, the, the Soulsborne games as well because, um, and I know this because of my friend, the Shinobi Hunter who killed me 11 times. When they're gearing up for like an unblockable, not an unblockable, it is an unblockable, sorry, the unblockable yep. attacks, the sweeps, you can't you can't parry those. You've got to jump those, uh, and so it's just one more thing. You've got to have your finger ready to hit in case uh, you know in case that death blow comes. Like the I like the simplicity in the complexity. I guess is the way. Like, oh, what yeah. you're really doing is jumping, blocking, and parrying, and or you know just sort of straight Dodging, slashing yeah. yourself. Like, yeah. it's so simple, but there's so much depth to it. Depending mm. on the the enemy archetype you're playing with. Or, or fighting against, I should say, it's yeah, yeah. As you as you said so eloquently before, it, it is a lost art. Like you don't see this kind of stuff in many games anymore. Mm. Yeah, like absolutely. And I think as well the the fact that there's no stam bar, like no stamina bar. Um, you know, the, it also means that range is like your range, your distance between your opponent and yourself is very important, and your ability to sort of um, dash back and dash back in. I fucking love it. I love it. One thing I'm kind of on is that you're locked into the samurai class. Obviously, you're locked into a samurai class. Um, one of the big things I loved about Dark Souls was your ability to just sort of mix and match. Yeah. Um, but that said, I think it's a bit of a small grievance. I'm, I'm really enjoying this game for what it is at the moment. I just, uh, I, I really wonder how long before I throw my controller through my TV. That's that's the <laughs> that's the real question. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting. Like you were talking about, you know, shared knowledge between friends that have played this game, and it's such a stark contrast between myself and and you know, I guess you and I are on a similar path and and area of development of in this game. We're yes, yes, path. you know, we are you know level one shinobi at the moment. But yeah. then you see guys like Sam Kingmer and Andrew Natoldi from the Inconsolables and stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, I've just finished this game for the second time, or oh doing my God. third run through now." And it's just like, "How? Oh Why do this to yourself?" Like, yeah, oh. yeah, it's ah, uh, dude, I don't know, man. Some people are just made of tougher stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mate, in other news, uh, I, I hate saying this. I won't say its name, but I, I dropped back into a game that rhymes with Birthbone. Oh, and yes, yes. Hmm. If, if you're not sure yes. what I'm talking about, it's a collectible card game made by a company that rhymes with Slizzard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a game that I have previously uh, pumped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars into and gotten over very quickly. But I got bored on the trains quite... Uh, well, I'm getting bored on the trains, going to work and from work, um, running out of things to play. The games I'm playing at the moment are just quite crap, the snap games. So I decided to get Birthbone. There's a new expansion that dropped, um, Rise of Shadows. And it's, you know, it's eh, it's more of the same. Um, but probably worth calling out that there is a new expansion for Birthbone. Um, I haven't checked out all of the cards. I haven't 
done the deep dive on the card lists to work out what's good and what's not. Um, I literally just downloaded it, opened it, played it. Now, if you log in, um, anytime after the release of the new expansion, you'll get a free legendary called Archmage Vargoth, who's got a pretty cool ability that I've just built a deck around recently. Um, it's that he'll recast a spell, a random spell that you cast that turn. Cool. Um, so I put that into a priest deck. Um, priests have this card, Mind Blast, which does five damage to the enemy hero. Um, you can also, in a priest deck now, because of this other new card, um, create copies of minions. So if you get like two Vargoths out on the board, you can do like 15 damage in a single turn direct to the hero, Oof. enemy hero. Um, and you can obviously buff that with spell damage and, you know, with more Vargoths if, if you can grab them. So I found this kind of combo deck really fun to play. Um, surprisingly, I have enough cards to make this deck work without needing to buy new packs, which makes me a very happy boy. Mm-hmm. Um, Slizzard have definitely got their money's worth out of me. You're practically making money yourself at this stage by avoiding to buy a new pack. <laughs> Fucking suckers, it's Slizzard. <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah, like there's a couple of other cool new deck archetypes in there that I haven't seen before. Like Warriors now have this deck where the whole thing is just based around putting bomb cards in your opponent's deck. So whenever you draw these cards, it deals five damage to your face. Um, and they could actually just pump these cards into your deck quite reliably. It's, it, I got absolutely pummeled by one of those decks recently or during the week. Um, there's a new uh, keyword called Twin Spell, which um, this is the only new thing that I, I could see, um, or the only other new thing I should say. You basically can pay spell cards, play spell cards twice. So if a card has Twin Spell, you play it, you get a copy of it back in your hand, you play it again, it's gone. That's the whole idea. Um, I haven't played with any twin spell cards yet. I probably will some point in the near future, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last time I talk about Birthbone on the podcast for a little while because it's all already wearing pretty thin. Um, or is yeah. it because you are going to download WWE Supercard and play that fantastic CCG? If 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 I. I'm wondering like what the tallest building I have access to is. If I download Sydney that, Tower, I'd say Sydney Tower. Sydney Tower, they close that off probably because someone downloaded WWE Supercard and I went, let's not yeah, continue it's not the joke me. from here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Birthbone, same, same. Like if you're in this game you're, and you like Birthbone, this is for you. If you don't like Birthbone, this is not for you. This isn't a reason to get back into it. Mm. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's my week in gaming. Uh, what have you been up to, mate? Not a huge amount. Like it's it's the same story that I've said the last couple of weeks. Outside of a bit of Sekiro, which we've already talked about, um, I've been sort of working some fairly long hours, so I haven't played. Excuse me, a huge amount of new titles. Like a bit of dabbling with the WWE Supercard, as you do with the old hashtag Snap Game. But I also finally um, opened up my copy of uh, Ape Out which is obviously right. done by uh, Gabe Cezillo and published by Devolver Digital. Very, very simple game. It's sort of a, a stylized smash em up where you are playing as this gorilla trying to escape this building. There is various enemies with you know guns and explosive elements and whatnot. It's, the, the color palette is fantastic. Like It's so well stylized. And, just, and the violence is sort of tied into this rhythmic nature where you grab an enemy, you can either, you know, hit them and, and kill them immediately or you can like use them as a shield and then throw them into walls or other <laughs> other enemies and when you do you know cause these damage um 
multipliers to people or, or various explosions and viscera, you get these like frenetic jazz beats played over the top of it. So it's sort of like this <laughs> rhythm beat em up where you're this, you know, isometric top down sort of gorilla just trying to get out really simple color palette, but it is so well done. Like it's artistically impeccable like and it's so simple you're just trying to get from point a to point b and avoid all the you know the, the enemies and the objects and the hurdles along the way but you're like grab it anyway it's like Bow! and then you hit another guy's like and so you're <laughs> sort of bopping along to the beat as you go and it's, it's so well done what so you, i've been playing a bit of that what are you playing it off i'm on played on the switch on the switch yeah nice, yeah nice. so it's out on the switch and um steam as well or, or pc i should say uh, no, no word yet if it's going to make it to PlayStation Four or Xbox One, but uh, yeah, it's it's really, really great. Like it's been out since I think it was near the end of February it dropped, so it's been out for a you know a month and a half or so now. But it's it's well worth a look. I think it was fifteen bucks um, or thereabouts, and it's it's good fun, simple mechanics. It's just you're moving, you're pushing and grabbing. That's all. So there's sort of three buttons you need to need to sort of perfect. Uh, but the artistic sort of styling that um, that Gabe Suzillo and then obviously Devolver have sort of got involved in as well, it's it's so great. It's so great. It's just a feast for the eyes and the ears. Like just the, the jazz, like, and it's, <laughs> it's so well done. Like I can't speak highly enough about sort of the, the rhythmic elements of the game that they put in, but it's... Mm, love it. I'll have to it. take a look. I haven't seen anything about it, if I'm being absolutely honest with you. Um, yeah, check out it, a trailer. How much? Uh, how much time's in the game? Like, how how long does it take? Do you reckon to, to clock it's, it? It's pretty short. Like, it, it's from what I hear, it's probably you'll be done and dusted within you know four hours. Yeah, something like that. So it's not a huge investment time wise and cost wise. You know, fifteen bucks isn't bad for for that amount of time. And obviously, you got yeah. replayability to to sort of follow different paths or, or try and take out enemies in different ways. So yeah, that's good fun. And um, the other game I wanted to try and play this week, but just time got away, is I've got the uh, the Ace Attorney trilogy downloaded and ready to roll on my Switch as well. Um, Hello. I've, I've never played any of these games, so I'm excited to try it for the first time. I feel like this was a Reese Kirby special, the old Ace mm-hmm. Attorney games. If I remember correctly, he was big on these games. Yeah, he's all about the Ace Attorney life. So uh, I'm excited to to play that this week and report back um, next week. Uh, conveniently, I guess... I was going to say it in the closing closing notes, but uh, yeah, next week uh, you won't be hearing our usual dulcet tones here on the Hungry Gamers. We are going mm. to be swapping hosting duties with the uh, the House of Mario boys. So Bryce and Drew are going to be taking over the Hungry Gamers next week for episode one forty eight, and we are going to be taking over the House of Mario podcast next week. So uh, we can talk about Ace Attorney on there because it is on the Switch, so that ties in nicely. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to find something fun and Nintendo y to do this week. Mm. Um, so, looks like I'm on the Switch. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know, can we Pokemon or something on the Switch together? I don't know. I've got, yeah, po- yeah, we've got Pokemon. Way. I say I, it's my housemate's Switch, which I'm gonna, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm gonna call it my own. Um, yeah, I have the communal Pokemon. Switch. Let's go, Eevee. Eh, mine. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll figure something out. But do do yeah. tune let's, into let's House check of out Mario. the semantics after this. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And WWE Supercard. I know you're probably trying to segue that into that when I was talking about yeah. Old Birthburn earlier. 
more more wrestling card game goodness like um yeah as as i said i've dropped about 30 bucks over the last few weeks on it but i'm done i just wanted these new you know this new higher tier wrestlemania 35 that they conveniently released to uh you know belittle my deck so uh yeah got a few in there and just grinding away set up a new stable so the 8-bit nation is running wild on there so um yeah hopefully be cracking skulls and pwning noobs on the uh wwe supercard moving forward but uh yeah that that's about it game wise uh quick bit of housekeeping before we jump into some news what do you reckon yeah let's do it all right if you want to throw support behind the hungry gamers or the wider hashtag 8-bit collective audience then please head on over to patreon.com forward slash rear 8-bit starting from one dollar a month you get exclusive access to podcast giveaways and swag you won't find anywhere else. So uh, releasing at the same time as this episode will be uh, 8-Bit Cast episode 4, uh, which is a nice sort of roasting of myself, I should say, <laughs> by our boy Salim here, as well as the guys from Forever Movie Boys. Uh, so shout out to Toby and Mache on that one. It was, uh, it was a good laugh to uh, listen to myself get berated for the good part of an hour. But um, also, if you want exclusive access to episode five, you get it two weeks early via patreon.com forward slash we are 8-bit. And it's a nice deep dive into the sort of journey of content creation, like, you know, advice, highs and lows, recommendations, um, you know, success stories that we've done, where do you get inspiration from, staying motivated, so on and so forth. Uh, with Eldar from the industry pod, as well as Sammy Deej, uh, who is our, you know, one of our video guys, one of our all-around good guys and also one of the co-hosts on the Inconsolables podcast. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash We Are 8-Bit starting from a dollar. But into some news. This week's news headlines. The first little bit of news I wanted to uh, bring to the table ties in nicely to our opening topic that we had uh, leading off this episode. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice sells 2 million copies in first 10 days. And this is as per publisher Activision. So, uh yeah, people are thirsty for uh, the pain. Yeah, yeah, not 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 probably too much to say on this one, other than no surprise really that this game sold well. I mean, it was one of the most, from my view, it was one of the most hyped and anticipated games of the first half of 2019, um, and and rightly so. Like again, it is actually I think a really fantastic game. But I think do what I did. Maybe if you have one of the Dark Souls games lying around, try that first. And uh, see how you can stomach that. And if, if, if it's not for you, then I can just about guarantee that Sekiro isn't. Uh, but if you like the challenge, then this is more of the same. Uh, in a mm-hmm. really good way, though. 100%. 100%. Like, we've been pretty spoiled the first few months of this year with, uh, you know, fantastic releases with Resident Evil 2, with Devil May Cry 5, with Sekiro. Like, it's been a great start to 2019. And, and this game is well worth your time. But mm. just bear in mind, if you are new to the sort of Soulsborne franchise or that style of game just bear in mind you're not going to be the master you know 10 minutes into this game you are going to feel yeah. like you are an infant getting throttled time and time and time and time again so just be yeah. patient breathe keep your wits about you and just you know keep grinding all of the all of the memes that you might see in, on Instagram and on Twitter uh, none of those are exaggerations they are all accurately representing the difficulty of this game yeah i'm excited but something i'm even more excited for which is i guess something that we all knew was coming eventually anyway but the uh, horizon zero dawn sequel has been uh, leaked some might say by janina gavanka 
who uh, played the lead role in uh, Battlefront 2 and also voiced some characters in the Horizon Zero Dawn Frozen Wilds expansion. Uh, And while she was talking about the original Horizon Zero Dawn at the Star Wars celebration this past weekend in Chicago, uh, Kavankar said, Just wait until you see the sequel. You're going to die. I know some secrets. You're going to (laughs) die. And that's not as in like the game is sort of similar difficulty to Sekiro. I think you're going to die from like, oh my God, holy shit, this is fantastic. I can't live anymore type of die. You don't think it's literally Alloy will die? Oh, maybe. Ooh. Ooh, you like that? You like that take on it? Mm, I like mm. that uh, that perspective. Can I ask you, um, what? where do you think the story could go? Um, uh, and also probably, probably save time to say potential spoilers from Horizon Zero Dawn 1 if you haven't played it yet. Yeah, like it's it's hard to say where they could take it. Like I go, I guess they can obviously explore more of the universe, like expand the the map. It was a pretty large scale map and a lot of exploration available and, and varied um, you know, climates. You've got the the frozen wilds, so you've got the snow, you've got sort of the more deserty landscape, you've got the the green sort of forestry areas. So you get a little bit of variety there, but maybe maybe you go to a different continent. Who knows? Maybe there's a, obviously there'll be a new big bad that'll come in. Um, I don't know if they're going to bring back previous antagonists to rise through. Um, but yeah, loose spoilers. Uh, his name escapes me right now. Uh, but sort of he's, he's your, your loose confidant throughout the game. Um, you know, he's talking to you constantly through the, through the headset and he's guiding you on and, and pointing you to where you go. And he sort of ends up almost revealing himself in that final credit scene as as the new potential big bad so we know who the the antagonist is going to be um but outside of that i don't know i don't know just just more robot dinosaurs is never a bad thing to me yeah i know you i mean you obviously love horizon zero dawn is there anything specific that you'd like to see introduced mechanics wise aside from the obvious you know more robot dinosaurs more variety yeah like mechanics wise some some new maybe weapon um types would be great like obviously it's it's more primal and traditional with the bows and sort of the slingshots and the spears maybe they do bring out sort of um some more smaller more quicker rapid fire type weapons maybe you can have some like uh, little hand hand shivs like sort of dual weld something so you can get in there and and move a little bit quicker because it is more calculated and silent sorry is is the gentleman's name i was thinking of so lance reddick played him and he becomes sort of the the potential big bad for two so silence is the guy i was thinking of so i'd say he will probably be the the focal point as far as causing you the troubles in uh Mm. hzd2 but uh, i'm keen i'm keen more more enemy archetypes more weapons um i know maybe more work on the rpg side of it like you do get options with how you can talk to people in the game, obviously, you've got the you know the head, the heart, and the fist as the three options. So maybe make it more RPG esque, where there is more direct ripple effects based on how you are dealing with NPCs in the world. So I think that could be cool. So expand on yeah. that skill tree a little bit more and what have you. But yeah, it's more Horizon. Sign me the hell up day one. Buy the collector's edition. I'm in. Yeah, it's it's difficult to imagine what they could do with number two. Just because the you know the first one was such a a fresh and fully realized concept you know it it really felt like a a very complete game um 
you know all the all those RPG elements. You know the the head, heart, and fist, um, trees, and the the weapons, the combat system, the enemies, the the world. It's all you know. There, there was really nothing left to be desired. Um, so I, I I also am pretty excited to see where this goes for number two. Mm, yep. So um, no doubt we might see some more at e3 in a couple of months time even if it's just a, a quick trailer or a quick graphic i dare say um we'll see something there but then at the same time you know sony aren't having an official presser at e3 this year so maybe it'll be a bit later in the year um at a future event so we'll see but i'm uh, excited nonetheless something else that is exciting uh xbox game pass is getting a few more hookups so capcom's monster hunter world and arcane studios prey both coming to Xbox Game Pass this April. So in the next couple of weeks, um, it is going to be out. So uh, yeah, two other fantastic titles, well worth the time. Obviously, Monster Hunter World was a massive, massive uptake as far as purchasing goes. Like it uh, sold higher than I think anyone expected. Uh, was was well-received, well-reviewed, uh, pretty good attach rate to it. I, I sort of fell away after a few weeks just due to the, the depth of, of the game <laughs> as far as wanting to you know get to that end game content it was just too much for me at the time and then then pray a uh, nice reimagining of uh the franchise by arcane studios which is you know a nice underrated sort of first person shooter slash survival horror game uh but yeah both included in the game pass for you know 12 bucks aud a month or you know 10 bucks usd a month get those and 100 plus other games um into your portfolio it really is just exponentially getting more like you're just getting more value for money as the months go on. Um, I haven't played either of these games and yeah, I, like I, I might, might crack into game pass just to play. Cause I really wanted to play monster hearts world. I know um, we, we talked, we talked about it for a little while, how we were going to yeah. jump on and roam the wilds together and slay all them monsters. Yeah. But then I went and you hadn't got it yet. And it was like, well, we missed that yeah, boat. And then, and then two weeks passed and no one was playing it anymore. It really, <laughs> like, really broke my heart. Anyway, all right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. I like the next one. Yes, yes. This one is big time, actually. Um, so PSN owners, or users of PSN, I should say, rejoice as you can finally change your PSN handle. Yes. Big time. You know, obviously... The gaming community as a whole has been requesting this for many, 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 many years. Uh, and the good thing is it's free for the first time around. But if you do want to change um, after that, uh, it's going to come in at around $10 for every subsequent change. Uh, but a few things of note, if you um, do change from your handle today, it is going to be shown in your history of you know previous handles so they can see who you used to be and you know, whatever else. So if maybe friends only knew you as, you know, man god 75 and then you change to you know i am sam 56 they're gonna know that correlation between the two so yeah but it's here you know it's only taken them what 10 years to make this so but it's good to see sony finally finally bring this out to the masses it's crazy how long it's been like this feature exists in so many other services i don't i don't understand why it took so long it's kind of crazy right yeah it is crazy and um but just I don't have all the all the sort of patch notes that tie into this, but just bear in mind there is some potential issues with certain games on the PlayStation. So if you do change your handle, 
there is some games that will become a little bit more volatile or maybe your saves will have issues or your sort of trophy system, whatever else will start to create problems. So just check out um, via the PlayStation website the, the notes on some of those games. Most of them are games prior to, I think, October 2018 was the cutoff. Anything before then um, should be okay, but there is you know a dozen or two dozen games there that could give you some grief. So just bear that in mind if you are jumping on the uh, PSN name change. So uh, yeah, good times. Kudos to you, Sony, for uh, doing something positive for your fan base. Are you going to change your handle? Uh, I, yeah, I think I should. Um, I, I have free Trump as uh, a one. I've got two for some reason. I don't know why. I think one's an American account. I have free Trump, and then I've just got Sal M A. Which I have no Salim TD. I need to get Salim TD out there. It's a yeah. It's really the hard for the part masses. for me is my Australian ID, which I'd like to change to Brendan Eight Bit. It's currently Dirk Diggler, but my US <laughs> ID is Brendan Eight Bit. But I can't change the Brendan Eight Bit one to you know Mary Sue or whatever just as a placeholder, and then grab uh, Brendan Eight Bit onto the AU one. Like that name is locked forever. You oh. can potentially request through PlayStation support to see if they might, you know give you some flexibility there but from all reports it seems that you know if you've used that name before no one else is still going to be able to use that name you don't know if you don't ask definitely check. yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to them on monday and, and see where things are at there because i'd like to get that nice uniformed handle on everything yeah um but yeah it's a story for another day minor gripe though but good to see uh sony stepping up to the plate on that one so the last bit of news dream pretty exciting you know, on the back of the Star Wars Celebration weekend, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has been revealed. So I've grabbed a few little quotes and snippets from around the internet here, just sort of weaving the entire narrative together. And uh, as far as where this game falls in, so Jedi Fallen Order story falls on the timeline of Star Wars canon shortly after Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. EA has previously revealed the story will focus on a young Padawan, but Respawn confirmed today that character is Cal Kestis, who will be played by Shameless and Gotham's Cameron Monaghan. He's, and then sort of on the back of that, um, some pretty pretty sort of positive news, which is, you know, something that no doubt EA had to get in front of pretty quickly. Head of Respawn Entertainment Vince Camp, uh, Vince Dampella confirmed today that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be a single player story game with no multiplayer and no microtransactions. So his quote that uh, he said directly on stage, yeah, no multiplayer, no microtransactions, it's a story game. And apparently mass cheers to the audience, you know, they're bloody, they're singing his name in the streets, you know, praise, <laughs> praise Vince for, uh, you know, overthrowing the evil EA microtransaction hive mind mentality, so on and so forth. So we had a Full two and a half minute trailer released today. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail in a second. But yeah, Jedi Fallen Order hits the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC November 15th, 2019. So uh, coming out later this year. What do you think about this dream? What do I think about it? Um, a few things. Um, it is a shame that there's no multiplayer content in it. A little, a small shame. Um, because I think, forget Battlefront series, but like, um, older games like, uh, Jedi Order, um, uh, uh, or is it Jedi Academy? Sorry. Showed mm -hmm. us like how fun, like a team deathmatch or a free for all can be, um, when it's just, you know, 
50 Jedi running around or 40 Jedi or whatever it is. Um, and I mean that again in like the in the Jedi Academy way, not the the Battlefront way. I think Battlefront's a bit bit of a different beast. Um, but I'm you know certainly happy to see a, a single player game, single like a, a focus on a single player story. Um, I totally understand why there's no multiplayer in there. I think it's kind of a two pronged attack on their you know their bad PR from the last couple of years. The first is that microtransactions EA are probably the the biggest. Uh, offender or the worst offender when it comes to microtransactions and people's perception of, of what microtransactions are and why they're bad so to not in- introduce these into the game it sort of is a bit of bit of i guess a good a good news story for everyone as you know you pointed out a moment ago i also think that the idea to not have multiplayer in there is to um i don't know a better way to say this if there was multiplayer, they'd be absolutely cannibalizing on the Battlefront product. You, how do you do multiplayer in both games and expect them to? And why play Battlefront if you if you've got multiplayer in in uh, Fallen Order? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I think that more than anything is the driver behind no multiplayer in this game. The lack of microtransactions is a good spin. And the push would be to say that they're just focusing on single player content. I think that is really what's happening here with, with Fallen Order. Um, I, I'm a little unhappy to see that it's set post-Revenge and pre-New Hope. I feel like that has to be one of the most boring periods in the Star Wars Skywalker story to play in because yeah. we know what happens and we've seen it done in the past with um oh what was it the what's the star wars game where you're um darth vader's apprentice the, there was oh in uh, force unleashed force unleashed thanks that's set in the same time period um uh, it, it's really and because it ends so darkly and you know who's going to be around by the end of it and you know who the key players are in that 20 year period it really sort of frustrates me that they've gone back to that. I would have preferred to see this game set entirely outside of the Skywalker um, story. You know, something like KOTOR set well in the past, but so far in the past that they can completely well build and, and decide what they want to do. I don't think canon... That'd be fantastic, yeah. It would be, yeah. I, I really don't see the need to stick to canon um, or to, to create a canon story um and this is a canon story like this is meant to form part of the the broader um star wars universe i just don't think it's it's necessary i think you can have a lot more fun and create a totally fresh um star wars experience by just going back to the drawing board and saying we're going to set it here brand new world brand new characters jedi are in this state sith are in this state like it's it's a simple model but you can do so much with it so dream what do you what did you think of the debut trailer from this morning it was about two and a half minutes you know introduced a few of the characters uh you know you got uh you got sort of cal kestis's mantra you know he's never stand out except what has happened and never reveal your force powers you know he's trying to live this simple force-free life you know trying to just blend in with general populace and uh clearly that doesn't go go to plan uh what do you reckon uh yeah, he can clearly like force pull and force push like a motherfucker, eh? He, I think he used that like five times in the trailer. Yeah, that, that looks Solves like it's his only ability. He's just always like <clears throat> yeah, pulling things in and pushing things away. Just figures out. I also like the uh, Man of Steel scene where he like saves his coworker from dying on like a job site. 
Uh, I thought that was that was a nice little way to bring out his force powers. Um, yeah, it looks good. I mean, it looks it does look gorgeous mm. uh, graphically. It looks fantastic. Um, I think it's weird that it's not weird. It's like the Star Star Wars Disney Star Wars at the moment. Um, uh, it's funny how it forgets everything that happens in Episode One, Two, and Three. Really leans into the you know the original series mm-hmm. and i thought it was an interesting sort of contrast to see like the the darth sidious order 66 hologram and then like a couple of scenes later you see him fighting with the person with the like this double yeah the um, electro spear one thing, of the which, one of the purge troopers yeah which looks like a, something out of you know um the the latest films yeah, it um, looks like it's it's similar to the guy out of like the Force Awaken. Yeah, remember yeah. the guy that um, the uh, guy Tr Adar, the guy that fights yeah. um Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, it's I don't, it looks cool. Like it does look good. Don't get me wrong. I just again I would have preferred. Fuck it, just create a brand new world, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of really done with Skywalker. Um, with, yeah. with these last few films. Uh, I feel like they could do so much more, so much more. Yeah, and they're very and creative. Like Disney are really creative. They could they could do a lot of good in, in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they they like going back to that well of exterminate all the Jedi. That seems to just be the constant. It's like here's a special special sort of hunting party, like um the Inquisition. Oh, what do they call them? The Empire's Inquisitorial Inquisitorial Squad. That's a <laughs> shit ass word. Um, and that's that's sort of made up of those purge troopers that you saw that you saw, and the second sister is the sort of just, the main huntress in this one. So uh, just call it a shit ass word. <laughs> yeah, it really is. That's the greatest thing I'm oh, going to okay. hear all day. That's yeah. the greatest thing. Inquisitorial. That's that's the way to pronounce it. So uh, apologies about that. But no, yeah. still, I, I prefer shit ass. As a, yeah, as a it's word. a shit-ass word. I'm going to say it again yeah. to someone today. Anyway, sorry, mate. Didn't mean yeah, to cut you off. So, so the Purge Troopers and then Second Sister is going to be your constant sort of um, you know nemesis in the, in this game. Obviously, you see you see her dual welding. The um, you know she's got the double bladed lightsaber. Uh, sort of almost a, a hybrid version of Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. The helmet mm. and the, the look. Um, mm. But yeah, the the trailer looked really nice. Uh, you, you can't you can't fault respawn there. And and one of the cool things as well is they confirmed that this is running on the Unreal Engine, not the Frostbite Engine, which gives so many people headaches. Obviously, they can do really great sort of um, you know environmental effects and quality of, of life in that regard. But mm. yeah, um, Unreal is is the the engine for this. So excited, uh, even more excited. This comes out in November. So what's that like? six-ish months away six seven months away this yeah. game drops so uh yeah let's 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 get it yeah yeah it's, it, I, I think from here already it's an auto buy straight away just in time for christmas too mm. yeah. and, and and i'm and right around the release of the third film of yes. uh rise of skywalker that's it you know get the um get those force sort of hype emotions sort of starting to build and build and build oh. to the uh what is, is it a Boxing Day release for Rise of Skywalker? I don't, I don't, no, I didn't see. I saw the trailer when it dropped yesterday, but I didn't, I didn't catch it. Um, it's some, it's, it's, yeah, it's late in the year. It's holiday 2019. Yeah. So. It's December. It's definitely December, but yeah. I always thought it was, they typically release a couple of weeks out from Christmas. 
Because they've got to sell the toys. That's the thing. I'm going to cut this dead air. Yeah, 19th you're right. of, Yeah, so it comes out on the 19th of December. So right, yeah, the okay. week before Christmas. Cool, cool, cool. Beautiful. But yeah, you know, Star Wars fans are feeling pretty positive uh, on the back of these two sort of trailers that dropped this past weekend. But um, mm. yeah, and, and power to them, like Respawn and EA for getting on that front foot and they're like, no multiplayer, story, single base content, no microtransactions, like black and white, all out there for everyone to be aware of. So good on them for, for getting on the front foot on that instead of getting into another schmozzle with uh, Battlefront-esque sort of repercussions. Mm. 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 Battlefront's right. uh, Battlefront's like five bucks now. Did you know Battlefront Two? Really? Yeah, no. Worth BS. picking up. That's that's a steal. If you can go to Big W, I'm pretty certain it's five dollars at Big W. That's fantastic. Yeah, you can't even get Battleborn for that cheap. No, oh, remember that game? <laughs> no, remember no one remembers that game. <laughs> I saw it advertised recently for like seven bucks. I was like, it's too expensive. I can't even believe the servers are on. Fuck. They're probably not. They're probably all turned off now. Yeah. Man, that game came and went quick. It's what happens when you release a a, a game that looks like Overwatch the same week as Overwatch. Yeah. 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 So, all right, Dream. I wanted to uh, bring up the topic of the show for this week. And I wanted to pose this question for you to incite some good discussion. With word coming out earlier this week that a millionaire wants to set up a real-life three-day Battle Royale event with celebrities as the characters, I ask you this. Who would you put your money on to win the whole thing and who would be the worst performer or out first? So I guess a little bit more expansion. They wanted to do like a three-day sort of almost like a paintball type of, you know, oh, happy days, high five sort of stuff. But we're going like full Lord of the Fly- Lord of the Flies, Hunger Games mm. style here. This is like fight to the death, only one victor, you know, 100 drop in, 99 celebrities die, one person walks out. Who would that one person be? Tom Cruise, for sure. Tom Cruise? Fuck, absolutely. Absolutely Tom Cruise. Interesting. And I've got a and lot of, so? and I've got a lot of, lot, lot of, well, not a lot, but like I've got, I've, I've thought about this, you know, and I, I firmly believe it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise has jumped out of airplanes. He's done apps. He's actually done halo training, like high altitude, low orbit jumps. He's done more weapons training and fucking uh, like free running training than any other action star I know that isn't in like Chinese cinema. Um. I think he he actually could kill people. Like he's done training enough training to fucking kill people. He dives, he jumps off buildings, he's fearless and he's like OT15 as well mm. in Scientology, which means that I he was could, about to say yeah, he's got aliens on his side too. He's got he's got you know? that so he's, he's probably telekinetic as well. So he's just fucking he's the package mate. Who do you think's going to win? That that's pretty good actually. Like you clearly thought this through more than I did. Like I, I had a short <laughs> list in my head. Like I went, okay, someone like The Rock could I have be a there. List. You know, oh, I've got he's, Stallone. He's a big physical specimen. You know, action star. Oh yeah. Probably just rip people in half with his hands, type of thing. Um, and then I was thinking of someone like Bear Grylls, but then did, like they sort of fall under the title of celebrity. Um, he could just, you know, wait it out and just hide to the final circle and then just come in and 
you know, throw his own acidic piss at somebody and kill him that way. Like he is, he is a celebrity, and he's a good pick. I like Bear Grylls, mm. but I, I was hedging my bets with Keanu Reeves on this one. Really, you know, he he is the ageless wonder. Um, you know, is he is he still twenty? Is he sixty five? Who knows? Like he is, <laughs> he transcends space and time. Um, he's very very adequate with martial arts training. He's done sort of obviously weapons training on the back of John Wick and a few of the other sort of more shooter action films he's been part of. He's done hand-to-hand combat and sort of, you know, weapons training in regards to sort of knife work and blades from doing um, 13 Ronin, I think it was, yep. uh, that he did. Uh, you know, he's obviously traveled back in time in, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, so he's probably no doubt learnt all kinds of fighting abilities over the years going from the Roman area, Roman era right through to today. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Is it Keanu Reeves or is it Ted? Hey, <laughs> he, he is that is, character too. He embodies Ted. They're doing a new one. Did you know that? They are. They, They're doing a looks, new Bill and Ted. doesn't look too bad. Yeah. And also, you know, on, on the back of things like Point Break and Speed, he, he knows sort of how to get around a map. He could, you know, make his hay in the water outside of the island and just be surfing around and sort of you know carving carving up a few mad barrels while everyone else is dying and then he comes in and john wicks a few fools so Mm. i'm putting my money on keanu reeves but i'll tell you what your argument on uh tom cruise is very sound and uh you know it's maybe they're in the final zone who knows i think they would be i think they would i think we both thought of different people but we both thought along the same lines who yeah. most likely can do the shit they do in the movies in real life. That's kind of what... Yeah. yeah. Um, I, like, I, I thought about, like... I'll, I'll say someone else on my short list, and maybe you can tell me a couple that you had sort of scribed yeah, down yeah, to. Um, like, obviously, I thought about, like, Chuck Norris, but I'm like, man, he's so old now. Like, even though he is this embodiment of a meme now about how tough he is and everything else, he's 60-odd, so I don't think his knees alone would survive the, you know, the free fall drop in from the plane <laughs> for the, for the first zone. So he might be out sort of straight off the bat. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Who, who was a few sort of honorable mentions? Um, I like, I thought of Stallone for a moment cause of Rambo obviously. And then I thought Stallone would probably be the first to go. I feel like How come? I just too aggressive. I, I just don't buy it. I just don't think, Anything he does in any of the films, he could do in real life. Short of boxing, like back in his prime, I'm sure he could box a little bit. Um, he can arm wrestle like no one's business too. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I just don't see him in a bush, you know, making it. I think he'd be really loud. Well, fuck am I? You know, like just <laughs> fucking talking to himself the whole time and, and then Tom Cruise would pop him. Um I was just trying, and then like, because I thought of Tom Cruise, I was thinking like, well, who else in the sort of spy game, you know, could do it? Like, that's what I'm going for here is spies. And I thought like Matt Damon, I thought, nah, Matt, Matt would suck. Um, I thought of- What about like Jason Statham? Statham, maybe like, I don't know. It's hard to tell with Statham. It's hard to tell like, because the thing Tom Cruise has is Tom Cruise can do all the environment shit and he can also shoot weapons. I don't know how reliably Statham can do environment stuff and weapons. Mm. I know he can do Hollywood stuff, you know. I don't know. It's a hard it's a hard thing to really answer. I would like to see this millionaire maybe forget the battle royale thing, but just do like a cage match. And let's see who really is, you know, top dog in the action arena. Yeah. No, that would be fair. fun. That's fair. That'd be cool to see. Imagine getting all the action stars and martial arts stars from the 80s and 90s together yeah. for a fighting tournament. 
That'd be sick. That'd be so good. It'd be like Expendables, but real life, you know? Yeah. Can yep. Can I go back? I know we're going to wrap up. So can I just go back to one thing really quickly? Because you mentioned Keanu yeah. Reeves. It is 20 years this year since The Matrix. 20 year anniversary of The Matrix. And I rewatched all three Matrix films recently and I love them. I think they don't age all that bad. The effects are the effects and you've got to forgive it a little bit. Bear in mind, 20 years. But they are fantastic films. The first one in particular is a sensational film. Um, and I actually didn't mind the second, like Revolutions and Reloaded. Reloaded and Revolutions, I think, in order. Um, I didn't mind them on second watch. And I watched the Animatrix again. It's such a cool world, man. I actually really wonder what they'll do if they'll ever um, go back there to mm. to the matrix i think it's a no doubt they will great stuff oh, of course they will probably a TV maybe they'll bring in nick up. cage to finally play they'll play bizarro neo you know he can come in and take the role he turned down way back when yeah did you know sandra bullock was also slated to play neo really i found that out recently yeah wow. i was listening to a podcast covering the 20 year anniversary and apparently sandra bullock was um was slated to play neo as well and like a weird, that's crazy not a weird twist but like in a twist on the character being a female yeah, yeah. yeah. See, and, and you just activated my trap card then too because I forgot about <laughs> referencing the Matrix as far as Keanu Reeves winning this thing. He can just be dodging bullets all day, you know? So ain't no one going to be shooting him. we doing them, you know, funky backwards bends, you know, <laughs> avoiding, avoiding bullets and, you know, crossbow bolts and things like that. Like Crazy old time yeah. travel and bullet time Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. 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 He, you know, as I said, he transcends space and time. He's, he's the dude. And, you he's, know... He is. He'll, he'll lull people into a false sense of security with like a sad Keanu moment where we'll be sitting on a rock just sitting there sad, throwing food to, you know, some tropical bird because there's no pigeons, then whack, you're done. Yeah. Who? Yeah. All right. One, one quick question on this too before we wrap it up. Who do you think would be first to go or who would you love to see on this island that does you know, go quickly? Vin Diesel. I yeah. would fucking love to see Vin Diesel on this island because I feel like he'd get in there He'd probably think he's a shoe in and he would be the first to go. And he's, 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 he's such a, like, he just strikes me as such a wanker that yeah. I would just yep, like yep, to yep. see him go down and then blow up about it. Yeah. He's the kid. Vin Diesel's the kid who sucks at playing football, but owns the football. And so because he's getting no points and tackled all the time, he just picks up the ball and walks home halfway through the game. That's a perfect way to describe Vin Diesel. Yeah. He's from everything you see and hear and read and whatever else, he just seems like a dick. Yeah. Just this self-entitled dick and and especially like tying into all this, you know, Fast and the Furious franchise shit where he wants more money and more creative control and he rocks up on set when it suits him and so on and so forth. Yeah, so yeah, I like that. Hobbs Vin and can, Shaw. Vin can go first. Hobbs and Shaw is the future of the Fast and Furious universe. Done. Like, yeah. that's it. I don't need any more Fast and Furious films. I've got Hobbs and Shaw. Mm. Yeah, I, I can see that. And and a few other people that annoy me a little bit, like someone like um, Amy Schumer, I wouldn't mind seeing her drop in and, and get obliterated by a tiger or something straight off the bat. Not a big Schumer fan? Know, no, she just irks me. Like, her comedy's not that great. She thinks she's something special and obviously... She's got a fan base to to justify Jeez. that to a degree, but it just yeah. just doesn't sit with me. And um, I don't know, just her her sort of comedic style pisses me off too. She just I don't know, she just annoys me, man. Just get out of here, get off my TV. Yep. 
and outside else? of that, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other people I could I could sort of take pleasure in seeing die quickly on this island. Jeez. <laughs> it's paintballs, mate. It's just paintballs. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but okay. Uh, Amy Schumer must die. <laughs> yep. Do you think we'd see like Jet Li, Jackie Chan, Tony Jaa? I don't know who else is in like the, the sort of um, Asian action film uh, world at the moment. The guy from The Raid. You know, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, do you think we see those Raid guys guy, going in? Do you think they do well? Yeah, I think Raid Guy and Tony Jaa and stuff would. Jet Li, not so much. He's gotten really old now, and he's retired from film and probably martial arts too. Like, I think he's just he's hit that age with with some sort of cultures like that where they could be anywhere from twenty to sixty in age, but when they hit sixty one physically, they turn nine thousand. Did you? Sorry, so many like realizations. Did you see this week they're doing Rush Hour four? what yeah i saw jackie chan and chris tucker in a photo together um uh teasing rush hour four do we need that i'll i'll watch it i like yeah i I guess i would together they were funny that was those were great films wait is there rush hour three i think there is man i know there's rush hour one and two i don't know about yeah three's in paris that's right. Three is in Paris. Two is in China, I'm pretty sure, and three is in Paris. And four is in some other Australia. country that they can make fun of, yeah. yeah. Or England or something like that. <laughs> They're over there trying to sort of stop Brexit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my friend. So, uh, yeah, the real-life celebrity Battle Royale event potentially coming to uh, screens near you soon. Mm. Uh, sadly, it is just a you know a three-day island getaway for these celebrities and and millionaire moguls that is just going to play glorified flag football or bloody paintball or some laser tag bullshit but uh if you want to play with the big boys you know take us on board as creative consultants we can make this into something special oh we we know battle royale oh yeah yeah. remember celebrity deathmatch the old claymation show yeah i love that show (laughs) that had everyone on it it had britney spears Mm -hmm. on it i remember that yeah, was very weird. Yeah, it was it was great. I love that claymation stuff. It's it's a dying art. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yes, yeah, stop stop motion animation in general. The best was um fuck, what was that? Samurai one? And the two strings, something in the two strings. I Ki- don't know. Kibo or Kiro or something. Anyway, Kubo. Kubo and the two strings. Watch it. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't it tell is. you. It's got Matthew McConaughey oh, voicing it. Something. Anyway, sorry. Really? Yeah, it's good. Kubo and the two strings. Watch Damn. it. With Archer. Watch it with Archer. Might do. Might do. He's all about the Transformer life these days though, which is great for me because I'm sort of going back down sort of memory lane with, um, you know, watching the old Gen 1 stuff and the films and playing the games. It's it's pretty cute actually. Nice. But anyway, Dream, anything you want to say before we wrap up episode 147 for the week, good sir? Hmm. Um, very excited for Game of Thrones. Um, go listen to episode four of Apicast that I did with Toby and Macho. I know we talked about it earlier, but it was a lot of fun. We um we we basically had a, an hour and a bit of poking fun at Brendan, which was which was good in a, in a really loving kind of way. Um, if you don't really know much about Brendan and his personal life and like who he is outside of the, the podcast, go and listen to that because that'll tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, all true, everything we say, all hundred percent true. true. Can verify. All factual. Um. 
and that's it yeah what about yourself mate anything to finish off with not not really um excited for this house of mario crossover so this is going to be the yeah. first time that someone else has taken control of our hungry gamers baby and we're also um you know going to go babysit the house of mario um sort of ip next weekend so that's going to be exciting mm. uh but yeah want to want to play some more Sekiro, try and um yeah crack into some ace attorney this week game of thrones tomorrow uh i want to try and watch hellboy even though there are early reviews on that movies it's kind of shitty i want to check it out um uh, regardless because yeah. i'm a sucker for punishment yeah that's that's about it that's about it you know end game comes out in two weeks so uh yeah. hyped is all for that so yeah such a big month tame impala just dropped a new album <laughs> oh nice no, obviously the election's been called for uh next month it's for all May happening 18. here in australia it's all happening Yeah, Yeah. all right. So this has been episode 147 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Thanks each and every one of you for dropping on by, giving us a listen. As I said, please rate, review, subscribe us on the iTunes as well as any other podcast hosting platform of your choice because those reviews help keep those emotional lights on in our hearts. Uh, Until next week, 8-Bit Nation, I've been Brendan. Find me at Brendan8Bit. This has been Salim. Find him at SalimTD. But much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.